We're on the road with Mickey, we're gonna have some fun. Regardless of the rain or sun, our trip has just begun. So buckle up, let's go, we're about to start the show. And maybe if you like us, you'll see where else we'll go. Hi everyone, I'm Sophie, he's Mike. Welcome to our little corner of the podcasting universe. Hopefully you like the sound of our voices and you want to stick around for the show. Not that it stays in one place for long. I mean, after all, we are on the road with Mickey. So hop in the car and buckle up your skate belts because we've got an awesome adventure this week. Now a brief rundown before we get moving. First up, our roundtable talk where we'll discuss the main topic for this week, followed by some Disney trivia ranging from Disney history to a random Disney character of the day. Well, that's just about it. Everybody ready? Let's get this show on the road. Hey, everyone. I'm Mike, and she's Sophie. Hello there. And we're on the road with Mickey. This is episode number 34 for August 24th, 2020. And today we are concluding our look at Epcot's World Showcase. This is part two. And we are starting in American Adventure and heading around to Canada to finish our loop. Mm-hmm. But first, we've got some cheddar from the big cheese, don't we, Sophie? Yes, we do. And it's some very, very amazing cheddar, if you'd ask me personally. Well, why don't you take the first one? How about that? I would love to. You can now pre-order a Baby Yoda magic band for your upcoming trip. You must have an existing Walt Disney World reservation in order to select and purchase it. But it's Baby Yoda. Oh my gosh, I want one. And it costs $15 is what I saw um, when I was looking. I did not order any um, because we have ours from a previous trip. But um, but I was like, that looks pretty darn cool. <laughs> mm-hmm. So... So if you have a trip planned and you're interested in a special magic band, then maybe take a look at Baby Yoda. Maybe, maybe. Please. (laughs) Anyway, also in the um, world of merch, you know, tagging on from our from our look a couple weeks back, um, there is a new Haunted Mansion Funko and the Funko are what the pop things, Sophie? Is that what they are? They are very, very similar. And this Funko is a Victor Geist. It's number seven ninety three, and he is a ghost playing the organ. Mhm. And it's really cool looking. And I've got a picture I grabbed off the internet that I will um. I will put in the show notes so you can see it. Yeah. So. And he looks really cool. I myself am not really one for pop figures, which is what I call Funkos. But this looks so amazing. He's even translucent. And he looks like he would glow in the dark, doesn't he, Soph? He does. Yeah. I hope he does. That would be a wasted opportunity if he doesn't. Right. All right, and, and now next, I'm going to take the next is, one. I'll uh, take the next one, and you take the last one. How about that? All right, that works for me. Okay, so over in Disneyland news, you can now start making reservations for the Grand Californian Hotel and Paradise Pier Hotels for travel starting September 16th. Thing to note, you cannot make a reservation for the Disneyland Hotel, but that comes on October 1st. And the other thing to note is that you cannot make a reservation and include park tickets. So if you were thinking, oh, wow, September 16th, I get to go to the parks. No, these are room-only reservations only. So you, Because I went out and checked it um, as a travel agent. I went and looked. And I can make the room reservation, but you cannot, it does not allow you to add tickets to the package. So that is kind of like what happened at Disney World when some of the resorts opened before the parks opened. So, but 
this is big news because that gives hope that the parks themselves might open in the near future. And of course, we still have no dates on when that'll happen, but it's mm. step one. That's the way I see it. Yep. So. And finally, this one's for Jagan since I know just how much she loves her sippers. There is a new Oogie Boogie sipper cup for sale at the Emporium. I don't have a picture of it, but my guess is that it looks just like the Boogeyman from The Nightmare Before Christmas. And if Jagan doesn't have it already, she's going to pester me to buy her one when I get down to Florida. Yeah. And not only is it at the Emporium, I think it's also at World of Disney at Disney Springs. So, um, but it's it's a Halloween thing. So if you're interested in that, I would imagine that is going to go like hotcakes. So if you're interested in that, you might want to make arrangements for someone to get it for you who's there, who can get it fairly quick. Um, but yeah. Jagan certainly loves her sippers, doesn't she, Sophie? <laughs> oh, yeah. That's I don't what know we... if we accurately covered this from our trip recap, but every time she texted me, she was asking, did you get the sippers? Did you get the sippers? <laughs> or it felt yeah. like it, at least. Maybe she like wasn't it. that insistent. No, I'm sure she wasn't. But she did love her, her, um, her Spike the Bee and her orange bird sippers that is for sure so yep okay so that's all the cheddar from the big cheese that we have for this week and now let's turn our attention to our our feature topic which just as a reminder we are touring epcot's world showcase we are taking a bird a look at it and trying to get it so that if you haven't been there in a while, you can close your eyes and you can just imagine that you're in the parks um, and you're going to all the different pavilions. So last week, you remember, we started in Mexico and we mount, we wound our way to Italy. Mm-hmm. And now we are continuing our look. We have finished with Italy and now we are heading to the American Adventure, which is the next stop, pavilion in our stop. And, um, and Sophie, do you want to take on the American Adventure, or do you want me to? I think there is a lot to do with the American Adventure, so I think we should each cover that one together. Okay. All right. Well, you start us off. Well, the first thing about the American Adventure is, of course, the ride-slash-show. That was the first thing we covered with each of the other pavilions. So if they have an attraction, then we would cover that first. And this is where the American Adventure gets its name from. It's called the American Adventure. It is a show featuring animatronics as well as projection from the rear of the theater. And I think I saw somewhere that it is a 72 foot wide screen. Wow, I didn't I didn't know that or I didn't realize that. But yeah, it is both animatronics and and movie projection and it's mm-hmm. different from the Hall of Presidents because it talks about some of the great moments um in American history where where big developments happened. And um if I remember correctly at the very beginning you've got the Statue of Liberty and you've got Mark Twain, I think. And mm-hmm. you've also got, um, is it? Um, I'm looking right now. Gosh, what's his name? Sorry, I'm having a blank on that. Yes. Um, goodness. I'm not sure, actually. Well. I'll come back to that. I'll find that as we get into yeah. our next one. But, but yeah, it um, is 72 feet. Well, cool. <laughs> but it is a neat show, and I really enjoy it. And before you actually get into the show, there's a there's a nice open area. And oftentimes you can see the pre-show, which is the Voices of Liberty. And they sing a lot of folk songs and things like that that, that speak to America's history. And... Mm-hmm. um. And it's just really neat. So 
I think it's it's really a cool thing to to check out and um and you know it'll give you an appreciation for for what America has done over the years I think yeah okay so in addition to that um you also have some shopping don't we Sophie we do and we also have other attractions but for now let's focus on the shops and we have two shops and they are both centered around photographs and pictures we have the American Pavilion shop photos which I think no it doesn't work as a functioning post office either never mind I was getting myself mixed up and then we also have the art of Disney and both of those sell pictures the art of Disney is more focused around paintings and the American Pavilion shop photos is focused around photography, of course. Yeah. So. Mm-hmm. And then um, a few other attractions. You know, there's a Kidcot Fun Stop for the American Adventure. I remember, not every pavilion, country pavilion, has a Kidcot. So it's important to, um, to make note of where they are. And then... Um, in the front of the pavilion is the um, is the what's it called, Sophie? The amphitheater, right? Yes, and, and there is, they have a lot of different a lot of different like shows and whatnot, concerts. Mm-hmm. That's what I was thinking. Yeah, of. they have the candlelight processional, which is a Christmas thing. Mm-hmm. And it basically tells the Christmas story. Mm-hmm. Um, and they have different narrators that come each year and each night to do the, the narration. And you have, um, you have music set to it. And it's just really a pretty thing to see. Um, mm-hmm. And then you have the Garden Rock series of concerts during different times of the year. And the Eat to the Beat, which are just concerts that go along with different festivals, whether it's flower and garden or food and wine you know they have different concert series that go along with it to just tie in that experience a little bit better so and we were supposed to see the garden rocks festival when we went in yeah in march but oh well oh well that yeah you know that's another day you know do that one on another time right yep it's fine. Yeah. So tell me about some of the restaurants there, Sophie. Well, we have three counter, wait, no, four counter service restaurants, and we don't have a table service, but we have the Fife and Drum, a funnel cake stand, because to me, that is a restaurant, not a snack place. <laughs> Block and Hans, which I've actually never heard of, and the Regal Eagle Smokehouse. Block and, and Hans is a place to get pretzels and beer, so it's oh. a little it's a little hole in the wall over almost as you leave the pavilion. It's where that is. Um, it's on its way to Japan, but um, but it lists it as being in the um, in the American Adventure Pavilion, so that's why I included it. Yeah. <laughs> And, and some of these, of course, you know, with COVID, some of these aren't open right now. But when things get back to normal and, and everything is opened up, then you can expect to see these things working just like they should and open for business. So. Yep. And for now, I am going to be looking at the menus of each of the restaurants. So for the Fife and Drum Tavern, it's basically a counter service with all the different things you might want. They have side dish and snack menus. They have drinks. It's basically a place to get a snack. And those snacks include hot dogs, jumbo turkey legs, a pretzel, popcorn, and even ice cream and a waffle cone, which sounds great to me. That's right, it does. Yeah, and the drinks they have, of course, they have the fountain beverages. They have a root beer float. They have ale, Bud Light. They have 
bottled water. They have Fanta, Minute Maid, all that good stuff. And they also have this thing called Yuengling. I'm not sure how to pronounce that, actually. Yuengling is a beer, Sophie. (laughs) Got it. So nothing for me. (laughs) But, um, But anyway, you know... Epcot has alcohol sales there mm-hmm. and um and you know so people can enjoy that if they're into that but um yep. you know the one that I'm most interested in of course is one we didn't actually get to enjoy it this time but but maybe the next trip you know nope the, and regal, that's the eagle. regal eagle and that one yeah. replaced the liberty inn which was also a counter service at the time so Mm-hmm. One of the nice things when it was the Liberty Inn that I liked was that it had indoor seating. So if it was a hot day, you could go inside and you could cool off. Um, and also, if it started raining on you, you could go inside and get a snack and sit down at the tables. And once when we were there, they had the fife and drum um, marching band come and they actually performed right inside there. And that was really neat. Because mm-hmm. we got to experience that, so yep. So that was cool. So Regal Legal Smokehouse is definitely on my list to one day to enjoy that and to have a good time and have some barbecue because barbecue's where it's at. Mm-hmm. So and to close out our look at the American Adventure, the other character, the other animatronic that I could not think of. It's Ben Franklin. Benjamin oh! Franklin is the other host, along with Mark Twain, in our look at the history of America. So, oh my goodness, how did we miss that? I don't know how I couldn't remember that, but but anyway, it is what it is. So, so moving on, we have filled our belly full of some barbecue. We had um, a funnel cake. We also had ice cream and a waffle cone because, you know, you, all these calories are, are count for zero. So we can eat everything we want. We also watched the American Adventure and we listened to Voices of Liberty. And you know what? We were there in August and now it's it's all of a sudden it transformed to Christmas. So we saw the Crandallite Processional, too. Right, Sev? Yep. <laughs> well, from a distance. From a dis- and now we are going back in time and we're back to our walk of World Showcase and it's back to being in August and we are heading around the curve and we are up to Japan. And Sophie, I think this is a perfect um, pavilion for you to talk about because you have a lot of affinity for the Japanese culture. Yes, thanks to Jake, and she was the one who helped me with that. And actually, when we first went to the Japan Pavilion, we had always just passed by it, but then one time with Jake, and it was her birthday, and we were going to eat at one of the table service restaurants in Japan, because Japan has two table service restaurants, mm-hmm. and... There is a lot of opinions about both, yeah. And but I will get to that later. So Japan does not have a ride or an attraction in it, but that does not make it any less amazing to go and experience, especially if you're someone like me and you've gotten, you don't necessarily need to ride the rides to enjoy Disney. Japan is an amazing pavilion at Epcot. And I'm going to talk about their about their shopping first. We have two stores. We have the Mitsukoshi kiosk and the Mitsukoshi department store. Now, I do believe I remember these both off the top of my head. The Mitsukoshi kiosk is a kiosk outside. Mm-hmm. And the biggest thing I remember about it is that it sells mochi which is a Japanese dessert for those of you that don't know. I've never tried it, but I've heard good things about it. It's very sweet by Japanese standards. Japan isn't that fond of overly sweet things. Mm -hmm. 
and the Mitsukoshi department store, that would be inside. It is underneath the two big rest, the two table service restaurants and the Japan yep. Pavilion, which are right out front. And there they sell a lot of different things, be it anime inspired things. I like anime a lot. They even have a section devoted purely to kimono and you can actually go in and try on a kimono for yourself they are very expensive of course because such traditional dresses are extremely expensive everywhere else so of course they'll be expensive at disney but you can still try them on you can mm -hmm. take photos in them and they are actually very amazing. I remember Jagan and I both tried some on, and I really enjoyed mine. I almost wanted to buy one, but then I saw the price tag, and my heart broke. <laughs> well, sorry, Sophie, but mm -hmm. but you're right. And one of the cool things about the Mitsukushi, um, or Mitsukushi, I'm saying it wrong, about the department store is that it kind of wanders underneath like you said the restaurants mm -hmm. and then also it's got other sections that you can navigate through so you can walk through it's almost like its own little mall mm -hmm. you know where you go from one section to another to another and and disney does a really good job about handling all that because then you don't have to go in and back out and then back in and then back out mm -hmm. you can kind of just start on one side and work your way through to the other side yeah so and it's Mitsukoshi. You ha you almost had it. <laughs> yeah, so. I know. Those are kind of a little bit difficult. Anyway, then we have other attractions. We have the bonsai collection, which bonsai is a type of tree. Yep. And we have the Bijutsu Kan Gallery, which is a museum of sorts, and they have different exhibits all around depending on the time that you go the one that i saw when we went there i'm not sure if it's still there but it was called the kawaii japan's cute culture and the bijutsu the Kan gallery showcased it it was called culture of cute and it focuses around the lolita style which is a clothing style that many people wear in Japan and mm -hmm. it's meant to highlight the innocence and the femininity of a girl so most of the time it's a girl who would wear it and it extends from beyond just a fashion to an entire lifestyle you have pop culture things I'm sorry this is kind of weird for me to explain I'm not that good with explaining exhibits but they showcase basically what a day in the life of someone who is a lolita or a kawaii lifestyle okay. would live and it's hard to explain i'm sorry that's okay and then, you know what that's just one of the things that people will have to see for themselves right mm -hmm. and there yeah. are great pictures of it so and then um you know, we were talking about the restaurants. So there's mm -hmm. two table service restaurants. There's Teppanito and there's Tokyo Dining. And they're, mm -hmm. they both obviously are serving Japanese food. Teppanito is serving um, hibachi style um, where you're sitting around the grill and they, um, and they prepare the food right in front of you. Mm -hmm. And then Tokyo Dining, um, you order... And then they go and prepare it and bring it to you. And, um, you know, Sophie actually has a story, I think, with regards to Teppanito when we ate there the first time with Aunt Sheila and Uncle Randy and Jagan. Yep. It was my birthday that we went to Teppanito. And I was so embarrassed because they were making a big deal about it. They were singing a song. They were making me wear a hat, and I didn't want to do it. And my dad was like, Sophie, just wear the hat. <laughs> just wear the hat. And I was like, okay, fine. 
I actually didn't remember that story, Sophie. I was thinking about that's where Aunt Sheila taught you how to use chopsticks. <laughs> oh. So my story was nowhere near as fun as, as yours, evidently. <laughs> <laughs> well, I do still thank Aunt Sheila for teaching me because I don't think I was very good with chopsticks. Otherwise, it was hard for me. Yeah. And then tech, and then at Tokyo Dining, that's where we've been going the last couple times is a yeah. um, place where you can get bento boxes. So, mm-hmm. um, so, you know, they're both really good restaurants. I always thought anyway. I've heard um, reports that Teppanito isn't as good as it used to be. But, you know, the times we've been there, I've always enjoyed it. So I would try it again in the future. But um but I like both of them. And then there's also a couple counter service restaurants. So if you don't want to take the time to make a table service restaurant, you can go to the Katsura Grill or Takumi Tai, and you can get some counter service um, food mm-hmm. there. You know, and you know it, it all depends on. You know, I don't know the menus, but but they they have various things that you can order and and just walk around and eat. You know, so. Yeah. And then finally, there is one last thing that I want to cover in Japan, and that would be the Matsurisa, which is a form of drumming. It's a drumming show that they will pull out into the plaza and they will play and you can hear it from all over the pavilion. Those drums are super loud. And they're also really amazing to listen to from anywhere. And it's amazing to see and it's amazing to hear. And I love it. And it's really cool. And Mm -hmm. um, unfortunately, right now, it's not it's temporarily closed because of the um, COVID situation. But it is neat. And, Mm -hmm. um, you know, it's something that. Part of the the draw for some of these um, pavilions that don't have, you know, big ticket rides like Norway and Mexico, you know, um, part of the draw is that you're you're able to just kind of meander through it and you're able to to walk through and, you know, take a little time. It's almost like you're stopping to smell the roses a little bit, you know, and so so you're while you're there, you'll you'll hear the Matsuriza. Um, drumming show going on and you'll look at that and then you're like oh look there's the bonsai collection and you can go look at that and then you'll say oh look at the gallery and you can go look at the gallery and you know so it's all things that um, it it immerses you more in the culture than than just riding a ride that'll be over in three minutes you know so it Mm -hmm. gives you some some immersion into what it's like to be in Japan and to experience Japan. So, so I Mm -hmm. think that's what makes the, each of the, each country's pavilion so unique and so really cool at the same time. Yeah, I agree. And And I think that the kids will really love the shopping. Yeah. And so kids don't like shopping, but they will. Yeah. And with that, we have finished with Japan Mm-hmm. And we are now continuing our look at, and wandering, still heading around um, World Showcase um, Lagoon. And we are coming up to the tiny um, pavilion, at least it feels tiny to me, of Morocco. And mm-hmm. just like um, with Japan, there's no ride in Morocco, but there is a lot of other things that you can do. That I don't think many people realize because um, because there is no ride, you know. So yeah. so a lot of people just kind of don't think about what else there might be to do. And, um, you know, there are some really, um, really fine shops in Morocco. There's the Tangier Traders. There's the Marketplace in the Medina. There's the Brass Bazaar. And there's Casablanca carpets. And all four of those obviously have their own niche, you know, and their own sort of wares that they sell. So 
Um, so spend a few minutes and take a look at all four of them while you're there. You know, we were there. Um, this is this story dates back several years, of course. Mm-hmm. But when we were there one year, um, we were at Epcot, Epcot, and for whatever reason, we decided to to go into Morocco, which we didn't really do very much. And when we got there, we were just wandering and browsing and looking at these same shops that were there um, back then, I think. And um, and we came upon Princess Jasmine and the genie. And um, and there was no one by her or by him even. And um, and Sophie had like five minutes uninterrupted time of just being able to talk with them. And I was snapping, you know, I had my camera, so I was taking a picture, 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 picture. And I probably got 50 pictures in that in that time span. And I got a really awesome picture of um, Sophie whispering in Princess Jasmine's ear because at the time she was telling her that she was going to get a, a costume just like Princess Jasmine's. And that was her only souvenir she wanted, and that's what she got. And so, <laughs> and then she wore it to the Crystal Palace and got hugs with Winnie the Pooh and Tigger and Eeyore and Piglet, <laughs> and um, and loved that costume. And then um, her cousin Anna Jane wore it a few years later, and it just, you know, it was just an awesome purchase. Yeah, it was an awesome souvenir. But it all started in Morocco when we came to. To um, Princess Jasmine and, and the genie And the other thing that was funny about that Was mm-hmm. the genie was doing his best To try and get Sophie's attention And she was just like <laughs> Whatever, I'll see you later I'm not paying any attention to you I want to focus on my girl Jasmine And so He was doing his best And Aww. he was getting no love <laughs> So, so That's it was what happens fun. when you it, Try to get the attention of a six-year-old girl. Exactly. But, you know, if we hadn't stopped to browse in there, that whole thing, that whole encounter wouldn't have happened. Nope. You know? So, Never would have happened. So just like we were saying in Japan, it's almost like we're taking time to smell the roses. We're doing the same thing in Morocco. And, um, you know, just because there's no ride doesn't mean there aren't other attractions. You know, in Morocco, you have the Gallery of Arts and History. And Sophie has developed quite the keen uh, appreciation for history. So this might be something we want to take a look at next time we're there, right? Oh, definitely. And if then only I got, could get around the lagoon fast enough. Yeah, and then you've got the Urban Spice Garden. And mm-hmm. if for the kids, we've got a Kid Cot Fun Stop in Morocco. So they can they can color sheets and they can get passport stamps and so forth like that so so there's things to do besides that and then even um when it comes to dining there is actually two table service restaurants and i gotta tell you we haven't eaten at either one of them because moroccan food isn't something that we think of as being one of our favorites but because when we think morocco i think spicy and i am not a spice girl yeah so there's the restaurant Marrakesh and there's the Spice Road table. And I haven't eaten at either one of those. So if you listener have eaten at those, tell me what you thought of them. Leave us a comment, send us an email. Our email address is info at on the road with Mickey.com or you can call our voicemail line is 919-799-8360 and leave us a voicemail. Um, or you can just comment in our On the Road with Mickey group or on our page or, you know, leave us a comment on the podcast, you know, however you want to. So tell us what you thought of those restaurants. And then there is one restaurant that I am kind of interested in trying, and it's a counter service restaurant, and it's the Tangerine Cafe. And I think it has some food that actually all of us might enjoy. So, mm. so I'll have to check out that menu and maybe see about about having a stop there one day for for a snack or something because I think it might be worth worth exploring. Yep. Well, so. next we have France. Yeah. So France has got a lot going on with it. 
Um, it's even got some going on that hasn't even opened yet. But oh, yeah. um, but there's a lot to do in France. So let's let's hit it from the top. What rides do we have, Sophie? Well, I'm not sure if That's any of really these ride. are rides. Yeah. They're more like movies. Yeah. yeah. We, the first thing we have would be the Impressions de France. I'm not mm -hmm. sure if I pronounced that right. I hope I did. Yep. And um, that is a movie. And mm -hmm. it is in a movie theater. It's not a circle movie like China is. Um, so it's not a theater in a round like that. It's a place where you actually sit down and watch a, an old-fashioned style movie. Um, and then in addition to Impressions de France, they have the, the Beauty and the Beast sing-along, which is in the same theater. So sometimes it'll be Impressions de France, and sometimes it'll be the Beauty and the Beast sing-along. And mm -hmm. so they, they switch out the, the movies. Um, and for those that don't know, although it might be a little bit hard to not know Beauty and the Beast, Beauty and the Beast does take place in France... So that is why it is in France. Right. And, um, but there is a ride that they are working on. And this is a true ride, isn't it, So? Yes. I think this is based off of a ride that is actually over in Disneyland Paris. So it would make perfect sense that it was set in the France Pavilion. And it is based around the classic movie Ratatouille which also takes yep. place in France. Yep. And it is a ride. And the way I understand it, I have, obviously we haven't ridden it because it's under construction. Uh, so it's not open yet. But the way I understand it is that you are shrunk down to the size of, of um, Ratatouille. And Remy. You, of Remy. Thank you, Sophie. And mm -hmm. you are navigating through the restaurant and you are underneath the tables and all that um, in the kitchen and you're working on different things and so everything is like huge monster size and i think it's going to use the same track um style as mickey and minnie and the runaway railway which is to say that it's not a track it's a free moving cart that that uses some sort of technology to to work on a track system so mm -hmm. i think that's what they're doing there but um but yeah that's something that i'm really excited about and i don't know when it's going to open i the last rumors i'd heard was that it would open in 2020 but who knows right but... now if that's still the case so it'd be really cool if it could be there be open when we're there next Mm -hmm. So, so there are some rides and some movies to do in France, but there's also um, there's also shopping and food to eat because France is known for its food. So, Sophie, tell me about the shopping uh, um, venues. Well, we have one, two, three, four, five shops that you can see at the France. Hans Pavilion. We have Souvenirs de France, mm -hmm. Le Spirit de la Province, mm -hmm. Les Vins de France, La Signature, and Plume et Palette. I hope I said those right. <laughs> and they all have, obviously, they have different things that they sell. You know, you get souvenirs mm -hmm. and you can get, um, you can ju get just about everything. You know, they have different different makeups for what you can find so the the nice thing about it though is that there's something for everyone in each of these shops so you know you can spend a little time in a pavilion and you can just browse do a little window shopping and see what they have and see if you see something that strikes your eye as a souvenir you want from disney mm -hmm. you know um so things like that are kind of cool and then, you know, just like in Morocco, there's also a Cape Cod fun stop for France. So that's um, that's something good for the kids. And they have a miniature Eiffel Tower, of course. Hey, Daddy, move your head. I think it's in your picture. Okay. Let me pull it up so I can 
Oh, I thought it was... Yeah, right there. There it is. Yep, they have a mini Eiffel Tower, which is great. Yeah, it's really cool. So. Mm-hmm. And to think at one point that the Eiffel Tower was considered an eyesore by most Parisians. Wow. Yep. Well, anyway, moving on. We have two table service restaurants. Mm -hmm. We have Chefs de France, which is a regular casual um, table service restaurant. And then you also have Monsieur Paul, which is a fine dining slash signature um, restaurant. And Mm -hmm. so so, um, when the dining plan is back, Chefs de France would be one table service credit and Monsieur Paul would be two because it's signature. So, um, and we haven't eaten at either of these, but I have some clients that have that really enjoyed it. So, mm. and then we also have several, like three or four different counter service restaurants. We have a place that sells crepes and it's crepes de chefs de France. So it's right out front in front of the restaurant for the, for the table service restaurant. You have the artisan de glaze and you have what is that sophie le halles le halles yeah so i tried um, forgive yeah, so me did, uh, if we botched that yeah they will but um but each of those has different things you know so go take a look at it i think the um I think if I remember looking at it, the artisan one sells pastries, maybe. Mm-hmm. And oh. I'm, it seems that way because it has glaze or at yeah. least a word that sounds like glaze in the yeah. title. And then crepes de chefs de France is, of course, crepes. Yeah. And then, um, you know, right now, character interaction isn't happening like it normally does. But um, one of the things that um, that we have seen at the France Pavilion, we have seen, what is her name, Marie from the Aristocats? Yes, Marie. And that, and that is, is actually is Stephanie's favorite character your, ever. Your cousin Stephanie's favorite character is Marie. Was and she so, there with us that year? I think she was. I, I think, think she, she was, was too. Because it was she... the food and wine that year. Yep, and, and so, we stopped at this little stand that sold creme brulee and ice cream. Uh huh. And the creme brulee was actually pretty good because it had a it had a caramel glaze on the top, and so mm-hmm. it was crunchy on the top, and then the creme brulee underneath. And it was it actually wasn't bad, you know. I'm not a big fan of creme brulee, but that one was pretty good. So mm. anyway, so. You know, there's a lot to see and do in in France. There's some movies. There's some upcoming um, movie ride that you can ride. There's shopping and there's food. And I think that pretty much sums up a um, a great summary of what to do in Paris, you know, if you go to the real city of Paris. So. I agree. So I think that they kind of hit the nail on the head there with what to do in the France Pavilion. Mm Mm-hmm. Isn't there a French shop that sells jewelry? I'm sure there is, and I you couldn't I couldn't tell you which of those shops it was, but I would be certain that there probably is that option. Mm-hmm. So, and that takes us, you know, when we leave France, we actually have to cross the bridge. And the bridge is crosses the water, which is part of World Showcase Lagoon, but it also has a a waterway that heads over to the boardwalk over by um on your way to hollywood studios and mm-hmm. so that water is where you can take the friendship boats from um or the water taxis from epcot you leave the international um gateway exit and you can take the you could take the boats over to Hollywood Studios to go to the Hollywood Studios if you want. Or you could take it and walk over to the Beach Club, the Yacht Club, 
or the boardwalk in you can get some you can do some shopping at the boardwalk you know there's all sorts of options right around that area but there's a bridge you have to cross and when you cross that bridge it's almost i guess they're thinking is that you're crossing the english channel and you end up canal. in the united kingdom the canal english channel. well no and in the real english channel is what it separates oh. france from the uk oh i always pronounced it canal i'm sorry yeah it's the english channel and um and so they're using that bridge as kind of a as kind of a synonymous way of saying okay we've left france and now we're in the uk because mm-hmm. the uk is the next country on our list and yes. um and just like some of the other pavilions there isn't a there isn't anything as far as a ride or a movie or an attraction like that to see but um but there is some things to experience in the uk so sophie why don't you tell us a little bit about it I would love to. And starting off, we do not have any attractions in the UK, but what it lacks in attractions, lacks I say loosely, it makes up for in the atmosphere. The United Kingdom is one of the prettiest pavilions I have ever seen. And it has a lot of different shops as well as some restaurants that you can go and eat at and at one point there were these cast members that would go about the pavilion and interact with the guests that were there as part of their little skits and it was very fun to watch as well as to be a part of so the but they are not there anymore and they probably wouldn't be there anyway right now due to all the stuff that's going on but that's okay because we still have the shops that we can go look at. We have the Toy Soldier, the Crown and Crest, Fancy Goods for Lords and Ladies, the Queen's Table, and the Sportsman Shop. And I can tell you pretty much what what each of these shops is about. So the Toy Soldier is one for kids, and they sell toys, toy swords, and toy soldiers, of course, they are a toy shop. The Crown and Crest is actually about glasses as well as family crests because apparently if you, almost anyone who has a drop of European blood in them actually has a European family crest, I believe, um, because there were a lot of noble families and you can actually find yours somewhere and there is a chance that you might be able to find it in the crown and crest fancy goods for lords and ladies that i believe is just your typical clothing shop Mm -hmm. but with a very victorian twist on it like the theming of the shop is victorian in nature the queen's table is a china shop so it sells dishes and other glass works and the sportsman shop is a sports shop, of course. Yep. And then in the back of um, all the, as you walk into the pavilion, you know, you have all the shops. There's actually a section in the back. It's kind of like a garden. They have a maze and there's a garden and it's the Tinkerbell Fairy Garden. And um, I don't know if that was the official location where you could meet Tinkerbell or not. I know when when Mommy and I met her, it was actually outside of the pavilion a little bit. It was more closer to when we walked in from the International Gateway. Um, but mm-hmm. um, but I, I would think that the Tinkerbell Fairy Garden might be also a good location where they would have her, you know, if you wanted to have a meet and greet. So Yes. And, and then, I do believe we actually saw Tinkerbell outside of Hollywood Studios. You did, at least. Well, that's the the time I'm telling you about was right inside of Epcot, actually. Oh. It was right there by where you take the International Gateway entrance into the into the World Showcase. She was right there. Ah. So so that's where we had that picture of Mommy and I with Tinkerbell. But, got it. Um, and then for dining, you've also got. 
Um, you've got a table service restaurant, which is the Rosen Crown, and mm-hmm. that was on our list to do, but um, but we did not get that um, taken care of. So that's on our list for the next time as well. And then we also have, if you don't want to um, sit down for the table service restaurant, you can get go to their counter service restaurant, which is the Yorkshire County Fish Shop. And part of the draw there is to be able to get traditional fish and chips you know like you would mm-hmm. be able to get in in london so um so to me that that is a big draw because that that would be fun that would be good i would really enjoy that so yeah and then and, of course they have a counter service restaurant which is the yorkshire county fish shop and that's basically a place that serves fish and chips right yeah. And, and I, I love fish and chips. So And that that's what I was just saying, Sophie. <laughs> now Well, great minds think alike. Exactly. The one thing that I didn't include in here um was there's actually a set of phone booths in the United Kingdom. And really? those phone booths are styled just like you would see in London. So they have, they have um, very unique, you know, like red boots to them, and and they're actually working phone booths. And you could go in there and you could call someone from the United Kingdom, um, you know, in Epcot. Or if you knew the phone numbers, because they are they're actually public phone numbers. So if you were interested, you could. Um, call the number and see who answers, you know, mm-hmm. and um, and I don't remember the numbers off the top of my head, but but that was something that I always thought was kind of cool that you could just call a number and you'd be in Epcot, you know, you'd be in the United Kingdom in Epcot. So, yeah. That so would anyway, be I that would be kind of fun to, to look at again, you know, it's, it's not something you see every day. So um, it'd be kind of fun to to see what that's there or make sure that it's still there because I didn't I didn't really specifically look for it but I would hope it would still be there. Yeah. So but that wraps up our look at the United Kingdom and we're getting to our home stretch. Mm-hmm. Um so our last this is the final pavilion of World mm-hmm. Showcase that we have to talk about. Yeah. And this is actually Jagan's favorite pavilion. And it is the Canada Pavilion. And we actually went to Canada on our last trip, and we saw Canada far and wide, which is the attraction that is there. And it's been a while since we saw that last, and it was a very good movie. You You don't appreciate those circle vision movies until you see them. Right. Because there's so many different angles to see them through. And mm-hmm. so that Circle Vision 360 movie is really kind of cool to be able to see. Mm-hmm. And, um, and you know, it, it's it's nice. It, um, it gives you a break. Um, there's no seating unless you have um, an accessible thing. So it, when we were there, we were able to sit because it was so hot out. We were able to sit. Um, and there wasn't any real big crowd in the movie. So we were able to sit where a person would sit if they had, um, a scooter or something and needed to, to, you know, sit down. But, um, but anyway, you know, usually you just lean up against the railing and you watch and it's designed that way so that you can just turn around. You have something you're holding on to. You can turn around and see the whole the whole circle of the movie, you know, and pick up whatever section you wanted to watch at. Um, I leaned against one of the railings. Yeah. And then, um, you know, in addition to the, the movie, you've also got, um, you got a Kid Cot fun stop in Canada mm-hmm. and you also have the entertainment at the Canada's mill stage, which is a stage right outside and um and the entertainment varies but there was a band that would play there at one point and other things so um so that would be 
worth taking a look at when you are when you're there you know and things are somewhat back to normal so and then for shopping there's a couple places you can shop you've got the northwest mercantile and the trading post which are just little shops there's not a huge shopping um experience there but Mm -hmm. they but they have some things that you can look at for for purchase so and then we have the table service restaurant as well as a counter service restaurant, although I don't think this one can part- be called a restaurant. Right. It's more about um, being a, like a, a food cart sort of stand yeah. sort of thing. But the table service restaurant is Le Cellier, and that is a steakhouse. And it is a two-table service credit restaurant, so it's, a, it's classified as signature dining and it is really good. In fact, we had, um, for the taste at Epcot, we actually purchased uh, some filet mignon that was part of, that was made in the steakhouse. And it was super good. Um, and so that makes me want to try that steakhouse at some point. <laughs> I don't know when, but um, but it is expensive because it's, it's it's a high traffic area and a lot of people like it so so it does have a little bit of a higher price Mm -hmm. but the counter service is the popcorn in canada it's just a popcorn stand and you can get different kinds of popcorn there i think so yep well and and that wraps up our our look at our tour our walking tour through world showcase pavilion so yep. i hope yeah, everyone has enjoyed it i hope everyone has enjoyed it like we have right so i certainly have that was fun yeah and that takes us to this day in disney history for august 24th sophie you said there was a lot to choose from today so oh, what do you got goodness. for us i have let's see here one Two, and then where is it? Where is it? Where is it? Um, three, four. That's all I'm gonna be able to do. I'm just gonna choose the two that are the furthest back, okay? Okay. So, in 1914, this is actually to do with Canada, so I think you'll find this. Very interesting. On August 24th, 1914, a Lieutenant Harry Colborne, a veterinary officer, stops at White River, Ontario, in Canada, on his way to fight the ongoing war in Europe. There, he purchases a small black female Canadian bear cub for $20, and he names her Winnie after his hometown of Winnipeg. Okay. In October, his regiment will be sent to England and ultimately France, and Colborne will leave Winnie in the care of the London Zoo. Mascots and pets are not uncommon among the Canadian soldiers. And do you know why this is important? Why? Because writer A.A. Milne and his son Christopher will later visit the zoo and become fond of the bear later known as Winnie the Pooh. Nice. I was wondering about that. Yep. Um, I figured with the year it had something to do with World War One, but I thought you were going to say something like, that's when Roy went off to the war or something like that. Mm-mm. But that's really kind of cool. So. Yep. And then, two years later, in 1916, August 24th, Voice artist, writer, and actor Hal Smith is born in Petoskey, Michigan, and he is the second voice of Goofy. Oh, wow. Mm Mm-hmm. His vast Disney voice credits include Felipe the Horse in Beauty and the Beast, Owl in many Winnie the Pooh shorts and feature films, Goofy in countless TV cartoons, 
and St. Peter in the series Darkwing Duck. Nice. Nice. Mm -hmm. All right. Do you have one more you want to throw out, or are you done? I'd say I'm done, because there are so many others. Okay. Actually, wait. 2011. Okay. Yes. 2006 and 2011. These are to do with Animal Kingdom. So make that six different things that I could have talked about today. Yep. In 2006, it is reported that two white rhinos have taken their first steps on African soil after being flown into the country from Disney's Animal Kingdom to boost stocks. The two bring the number of endangered white rhinos in the country to just eight. They were released in the Ziwa Rhino Sanctuary in the Nakasangola District, about 110 miles northwest of Uganda's capital, after a four-day journey from their home in Florida. Wow. And then in 2011, a male elephant is born in Disney's Animal Kingdom. The new calf weighed 311 pounds and was welcomed into the elephant herd by his mother, 25-year-old Vasha. This is the sixth elephant born at Disney's Animal Kingdom and the second calf to Vasha, who gave birth to a female calf, Kianga, in 2004. The baby elephant would would later be named Jabali, which means strong as a rock. So not Rafiki? No, not Rafiki. (laughs) It's an inside joke, everybody, that when April the Giraffe... Um, up in New York was having her baby and they had the, and she had the baby and what was what did they name him Tajiri Tajiri which means hope when they had the baby they had a name contest and I was like it's gotta be Rafiki because that's the best name ever and of course Rafiki's not a giraffe he's uh what is he a chimpanzee or uh, some sort of primate Mm-hmm. But anyway, so anytime there's a baby animal born, I think that they should name it Rafiki. So, yep. So anyway, well. so that um, brings us to our Disney Who's Who character, and today I have got someone that is synonymous with Morocco, Sophie. And I picked him because I knew we were going to talk about Morocco. Him, you say? I say him, yes. So I made it easy. I'm going to go with Aladdin. You are correct. (laughs) (laughs) So Aladdin is a street rat who dreams of having more. Now 18, Aladdin has been on his own. Since he was two years old, when his mother was abducted by bandits. Aladdin lives on the streets of Agrabah with his monkey friend, Abu. The two do what they need to do to survive, which usually means stealing food from street vendors. Aladdin is quick-fingered and fast on his feet. He has to be to stay ahead of the palace guards. Aladdin's world is turned upside down when he is tricked by the Sultan's vizier, the evil Jafar, into stealing a magical lamp. With the help of the genie in the lamp, Aladdin manages to defeat Jafar and win the heart of Princess Jasmine. These days, Aladdin calls the Sultan's palace home. And I have two pieces of did you know, Sophie? Oh. Did you know that whenever Aladdin, in disguise as Prince Ali, lies, the plume on his hat falls and covers his face? I think I heard that somewhere, but I don't think I remembered it. So, no, I will say that I did not know. Okay. And when he is disguised as Prince Ali... Aladdin wears shoes, but when dressed as himself, 
Aladdin is always barefoot. Yep. So, so that's my Disney Who's Who character for today. And then the last thing I want to share with us is our Walt Disney quote. And in this quote, Walt is talking about family. Mm-hmm. And he says, the important thing is the family. If you can keep the family together, and that's the backbone of our whole business, catering to families, that's what we hope to do, is to keep the family together. So I think that's a great quote, and I think it plays well in what we're trying to do here and what we're doing just whenever any family wants to go to Disney. That's what they're looking to do is to keep that family and keep those memories going um, for just a little bit longer because we all know that our children grow up and they get older and they have to move out. But this is one way to enjoy those times with them. So, mm-hmm. all right. So all right. that wraps us up for this week. Um, I just want to say, Sophie, thank you as always for um, co-hosting with me. I think we're having a lot of fun with this and I think our, our listeners are having fun with it as well. Of course. Thank you. And I'm going to say that On the Road with Mickey is sponsored by Pixie Vacations by Mike Ellis and Tech Solutions NC. If you have any computing or travel needs, reach out to them. Tech Solutions is found at techsolutionsnc.com or on Facebook. And you can reach Mike for travel needs at mike at pixievacations.com or on Facebook at Pixie Vacations by Mike Ellis. Next week, we got to talk about what we're going to talk about, Sophie. But um, but Mommy was thinking maybe something to do with Hidden Mickeys. That is genius. Why didn't we think of that? I think that's genius, too. So let's plan on talking about Hidden Mickeys that we've seen and things and where you can find them and things like that. So, let's get on our homework on that, okay, Soph? Okay. All right. Well, thanks, everybody, and we will see you on on the road. road. Bye. Bye.